Hello, dear listeners. Just a warning before we get into today's episode, and I want to try to remember to do this more often, but just a trigger and content warning that the episode that we're discussing today deals with issues both of pedophilia and with self-harm. Um, so just a heads up on that. We will discuss uh, Junior's pussy eating uh, f- for the first half of the episode, uh, so you can listen up until that point, and then we will warn you before we get into the more serious storyline. Um, but uh, please do at least listen to the first half of this episode, because it's I think it's pretty fucking funny. I uh, hope you guys like it as much as we liked recording it. Love you, stay safe out there, and uh, wash your hands. Did it take for the guy to come? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Gabagool and Roses, the only leftist Sopranos podcast. I'm John. I've seen The Sopranos a bunch of times. My two co-hosts, Ben and Rachel, have never seen The Sopranos, and we are going to take it an episode at a time and talk to you about it through your ears. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? <laughs> I'm Ben. <laughs> I'm Rachel, and I'm pissed. I can't wait this to talk is, to you through your ears. <laughs> this is the second time we've fucking done this, because, I don't know, technology hates us. Again, and wants we're us asking, to fail. we want Young Chomsky to come hang out with us. Please, Young. Yes. Uh, yes. Come on my face. Come on the podcast. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> you dress well and uh, produce a good podcast. But this is a good podcast. It's well-produced. We love John. We thank John for all his hard work. It's yeah. all together, and we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are here today. We have a lot to talk about mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, What's this episode called? This episode is called Boca. It's season one, episode nine. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's funny because it's about people putting their mouths on vaginas and that possibly being gay, uh, gay which is true if you are not a straight man i don't know <laughs> is it possible to eat pussy and then be gay fellas is it gay to eat the pussy uh, serious debate out there apparently <laughs> so apparently uh, lots of questions that we're going to attempt to answer Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to be able to answer that question for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Boca, of course, a place in Florida, uh, also uh, Spanish and maybe a little bit close to the Italian word for mouth. Have, have um, either of y'all been to Boca? Uh, no. Ben, you know the answer to this question. I've been to Boca many times. That's where all my extended Jewish family lives. Boca Raton is essentially the New Jersey of Florida, which I know that doesn't work because New Jersey is a state and Florida is a state. But I beg you to understand what I'm saying. It is full of 
uh, tacky rich people who have bad French manicures and matching Gucci tracksuits. And um, mm. yeah, it <laughs> sucks. Boca Raton sucks. I don't know why the show portrays it like some fucking luxurious getaway. Um, there's nothing to do there. Um, oh, but fine. oh there's, there is something to do there. Well, there is one thing to do there. <laughs> And that apparently cannot be spoken of. It's the thing which we will not speak. It's getting your pussy eaten by Junior Soprano. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine that big, beautiful, bald head. Uh, Do you think he takes his Mr. Magoo glasses off? No. Or do you think those are pressing into your thighs? (laughs) Getting all steamed up. He needs those to keep from the squirting. (laughs) Windshield wipers on those bad boys. Folks, it's a horny episode of television, and sometimes, boy, oh boy. Well, this is exactly why this is problematic, because, you know, we're just going to make fun of him, right? And then Junior can't be the boss. But anyway, let's get into the episode. Uh, Yeah, and I understand um, Rachel just checked her phone, and there is an alert out. Um, Do you want (laughs) to... We are, unfortunately in pedo mode in this episode there is mad pedo behavior no we're not but there is a major pedo mode alert because there is a huge pedo in this episode and his name is coach hauser hauser <laughs> hauser and just to be clear we are anti-pedophile uh yeah. yes but this is a five-alarm pedo alert. Yes, mm-hmm. this is big time. This is not your Brendan situation where someone is just being a fucking creep. This is proven pedo behavior. Absolutely not okay. Mm-hmm. Coach Hauser is canceled. Um, we'll get into it this set. But everybody, please be Sorry. on alert. So let's get into the episode. We've got uh, it starts off with uh, people in full panic over the FBI investigation into the family. Uh, there's a really funny scene where Junior and the gang, Mikey Palmese, uh, they're in their lawyer's office, but they've taken over. Uh, it looks like Junior is sitting in the lawyer's chair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they're just sort of hanging out, you know, trying to conspire about what's going to happen next. Really strange advice coming from the lawyer, right? He tells him to, uh, to go down to Boca to uh, hang out with his girlfriend, Bobby. Uh, embezzle a little bit of money from the fund that she uh, oversees that isn't uh, regulated by the feds uh, and uh, take a trip down to Boca Raton. All the way down. Yep, and that's uh, that's what he does. Should we get into this? Should we do this storyline or should we do the other storyline? I think, let's start with this one. This one is not as horrific. Okay. So they so Bobby the girlfriend uh, drafts a twenty thousand dollar check out to them so that they can go down there. And while he is, while Junior is waiting for that check, another guy comes up to him and wants to talk to him about some business that's being that's before the union or whoever. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Tell me when I'm getting this wrong. But uh, but he says I want to talk to you. I've been trying to get in touch with your cousin. Or uncle or something. Fuck it. I don't know. Uncle? Uncle Junior can't have an uncle. Nephew. Nephew. And uh, Tony. Opens his, opens his jacket pocket. There's a big, fat, thick envelope. 
Uh, and I presume that's money and not like Valpac coupons. Uh, I, I think that's a good assumption, Ben. And uh, so then Junior's like, okay, cool, whatever. We'll we'll talk about it. I'll be happy to put you in touch. Um, just like h- adorable, hilarious corruption. Anyway, next thing we see is is what exactly? What about this shot of Boca? It's just it's like a the the opening montage to set the scene in Boca Raton, this beautiful mm-hmm. uh, oceanside uh, town with, you know, luxurious abodes and Greek music playing as though it is the same as being in whatever the fuck, Santorini. No, it's not. Incorrect. <laughs> in fact, literally, the Junior and Bobby made the right decision. The best way to be in Boca Raton is just in your fucking house. And it's the same house they've been going to for 16 years. We find out, and uh, I don't. I don't think they're leaving the bedroom. From what well, they did like. leave for one hot minute to go dancing, oh, and the feds true. were there taking pictures or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part. Oh my god, can we talk about the way that Bobby talks to Junior? It's some pretty good pillow talk. No, it's not. It's bad. It's bad pillow talk. Imagine being with someone for 16 years and you're still acting like this. You know, like it's this weird she's trying to get his she's she's still kind of like proving herself to him. And oh, this is what drove me bonkers. She feeds him a red pepper. Right. And it is <laughs> perhaps one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Is she like wipes his mouth with her fingers like ten times? It's unbelievable. Yeah, right. That is it's really nasty. That is the sexiest, most debauched thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Do you think that's so that we get an idea of what it looks like when he eats pussy? Ooh. No, how? Okay. What? In what sense? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> That's going to look real good on the podcast. <laughs> Junior is just just boxing that clown, man. Like that is his thing. That's what he does. Junior Soprano eats pussy and he doesn't want it out that he eats pussy and he eats pussy good, right? But Yeah, Bobby says he gives such a thrill. Yep, and so I don't. Rachel, do you believe? No, Bobby? You no, don't. I don't, and this is why. It's made very clear in this episode that the the culture here is that people don't eat pussy. Like <laughs> Carmela only Tony only eats Carmela's pussy once a year. The the girl who uh, Bobby is talking to at the salon says that she has to beg her fucking husband to eat her pussy, and Bobby, I don't know. Yeah, what are you comparing it to, right? Like, right. So, good point. I agree is it just that. the fact that you are willing to eat pussy that makes it good? Because I got news for you. Sometimes it doesn't work out so good. <laughs> well, maybe like the eagerness of of that is sort of what gets her off as well. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. She says, "When you kiss me down there." <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know that that description doesn't like make me feel super confident that it's really good. <laughs> you, right. you think he's like doing fuck boy shit like the alphabet? Yeah, absolutely. It's probably very light. There's probably I mean, listen, I we don't have to get into it, but because you know, we'll 
I mean, we can. You know, I would love to. But, uh, this you um, have, we have now entered into Rachel's pussy eating corner. Rachel. <laughs> oh no. Rachel. No. <laughs> You're on the clock, dude. You got. Oh my god! I don't want this to be on. Like, what about all the creeps Subs- that are gonna like come after? Subscribe to I our don't... Patreon to hear Rachel talk about eating pussy. I, you know what? That can be a Patreon tier. I will, I will, step by step tell people how to eat pussy if that is what is wanted. I, but that is content you have to pay for. I'm not just gonna offer that. Good. Yeah, that's some real pay pig shit for sure. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Okay, so so Junior is is uh, masterfully eating the choach and. I mean, do you think he's? <laughs> No. <laughs> do, you think, do you think that he's like when he's eating pussy? He's probably not even fingering her. Like you, can you imagine if he has this much of an issue with just eating pussy in general? You think he's also doing the other stuff that you should be doing? What no. fingering her with his penis? So, never mind. What? <laughs> okay, this is like Eastbound and Down reference. We love HBO shows. Yes. We have to get one <laughs> reference in each episode. So anyway. So anyway, uh, so so Junior says, uh, and this is a very important plot point because he says, look, I you It know, is an incredibly <laughs> important plot point, which is insane. Yes. He says, Look, do not talk about this with other people. It's very important to me that you keep this between us. And, you know, and here's where it gets dicey. uh, Bobby says, why? And Junior says, because, you know, if if I'll suck a pussy, what else won't I suck or whatever? (laughs) Which a little homophobia with your misogyny, which, you know, uh, I I disagree with Junior's analysis. I respectfully disagree. (laughs) With that position? I disrespectfully disagree. <laughs> I don't respect this at all. I This is so stupid. Yes. Anyway, so he doesn't want it getting out there because he doesn't want to be perceived as gay? Gay. What is gay about eating right. pussy? Anyway, so... There's nothing gay about Corrado Soprano, a straight identifying man eating pussy. I'll tell you. This is... I, I, we're going to get into a little feminist analysis here. Eating pussy is not gay. What is gay is what Bobby mentions, which is pleasing a woman. Essentially, you are sacrificing some element of your fucking manhood when sex becomes more th- than just about the man receiving pleasure. That's what this is. Dunk on him. Right. And, yeah. And this is a feminist point that Tony's crew definitely understands. absolutely they totally get it in in his semester and a half at seton hall he learned all about this and only this and Uh he's like all right he took the completely the wrong thing away from it which is it's gay to eat pussy (laughs) so so bobby goes to the salon and she's uh i guess getting her hair done and her nails done nails done everything did is just like, damn, you came down with Junior. It's so, so lucky that you get to go down with someone who eats pussy good or something. I don't know. What she, like, what is she just shouting, like, in the salon? Yeah, she, <laughs> like, she's like, you like it, pussy-y? 
<laughs> and rather than being like, yeah, it's dope, uh, you know, uh, Bobby's like, hey, can you just sort of keep it down? Like, uh, you know, I, I don't really want to talk about it. But sort right. of- and, and the camera shows us a couple other people sitting like within earshot. Mm-hmm. So the idea is like, oh, she's she's talking about getting her pussy ate all the time. And all these other people are hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Is Carmela there? She's not. No. Okay. How does Carmela find out about this? She tells Tony later. It's like word of mouth. Yeah, uh, okay. she knows somebody who goes to that salon. <clears throat> heard it from a friend who heard it with another. You've been getting that pussy ate. Here's something I want to say. Mm-hmm. Junior should be so fucking grateful that he is be- like Speak. what it's honestly it's a fucking badge of honor. Like if you are well known throughout the town for eating pussy real good, like that's good <laughs> good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. No, for real. Shout out to uh getting a, a GDR over a BDR. Uh John. Yeah, bud. <laughs> uh so uh shout out to our our pal Khalil Muhammad RIP. Uh he he taught me the meaning and importance of receiving a GDR, a good dick report. And uh, ah. so Junior is getting a GDR, uh, and he doesn't even know it. He so, doesn't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Either. So, so they get back, uh, and they're having a family dinner. And probably the funniest scene in this uh, in this entire series today <laughs> yeah. is uh, just Junior making... Uh, all sorts of references accidentally to uh, eating pussy. What does he say? He's, he says he likes going down there. That's the first thing. <laughs> and that Bobby is a sweet, sweet girl. Sweet, girl. Which even, and I'm convinced. All right, I watched this one twice. Because the first time I watched it, I bucked it. The, like, Carmela's laughing, but Tony also has like a smile, like a smirk on his face. And I'm like, that doesn't fit because he's confused. He doesn't know this information yet. So why would he be... Because I think it's Gandolfini. I think that's the best take that they got. I think Gandolfini can't help but smirk when he says the sweet, sweet girl. Bit. Oh, that's good. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's very funny. She's a sweet, sweet girl. <laughs> Carmela's <laughs> laughing. Uh, so then he goes to, or then uh, Tony and Carmela are in bed, and Carmela tells Tony what was so funny at dinner, which was, oh, uh, Junior is eating that pussy good. And uh, Tony doesn't believe it. He's and they sort of make fun of him. And what does Tony say? It's pretty. pretty He's with whistling through the wheat field. Yeah. Oh my He's god. He's a bushman of the Kalahari. <laughs> oh my god. Whistling through the wheat fields. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and and he goes, oh, if this ever got out. And Carmela is great in this scene. She like rolls her eyes at him. Yeah. And he's like, you never tell anybody what goes on in this bedroom. And she's like, once a year, I think I can hold my tongue. <laughs> Which apparently Tony also does a lot of holding his tongue. Oh. Because, because he doesn't eat her pussy. Because he don't eat that pussy. Honestly, folks, if you're listening to this and you don't eat pussy, man, turn this shit off. Absolutely. This is, <laughs> I cannot believe that, yeah. This was only, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, this is... Uh, what is happening well here's what i want to know and i wish that i was you know there around when this show was airing i was around but you know what i mean was this a big 
thing in the 90s was eating pussy kind of a a little secret like what the fuck is going on <laughs> I, I mean so. like it it had to have been because i, I listen to all the the stand up that came out in like the 90s and you know they talk about eating pussy as if it's just this great big you know taboo you know like can't believe you know this person actually eats pussy and it's like oh amazing funny and it's like no it's just a thing that you should always do a B E P. Always be eating pussy. Always be eating pussy. You know what it takes to eat pussy? It takes brass balls to eat pussy. Shout out to Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Okay. Pussy eating is for closers. No, coffee is for pussy eaters. Co- yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Coff- coffee's for pussy eaters only. That's right. Put the coffee down. Oh my God! Rachel has not seen Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Have you seen? No! Glenn? You haven't seen Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Ah! <laughs> That's fine. The only scene that matters is the Alec Baldwin scene. So Tony finds out that this is uh, that this is going on, and if you recall back from the last episode, Junior found out that Tony is in therapy, uh, and so they meet up for a round of golf, and Tony. Uh, can't help himself. He's he's getting a little irritated with Junior talking about what is what is Junior talking about? Well, so, no. So at first it starts out with Tony is being obnoxious towards Mikey Palmisi because every time Mikey Palmisi gets ready to swing, Tony starts talking, which in golf etiquette is bad form. You're supposed to be quiet, um, I guess. Yeah, but Tony loves fucking with Mikey Palmisi, right. which is great. Right, and so then then Junior snaps at him and says like. You talk too much. You talk worse than six barbers, which I think is great. Uh, but he's, he also says that if he wasn't talking so much, he would have caught that fly ball and against Worcestershire High or something. And mm-hmm. uh, that pisses Tony off. And so then Tony starts making pussy-eating jokes. <laughs> These are incredible. What's the first one? He goes over there and he says... It smells like sushi. No, that's the second. That's the, the first second one, one is uh, uh, Uncle June's in the muff. Oh yeah, I mean the rough. <laughs> Oops! Oops! Did I say the wrong thing? What is he talking about? I don't know. He babbles. <laughs> and then he walks over, and it apparently the lingering odor of sushi is there, and he and he says to Junior that he can't believe that he eats sushi which we know what that means. Right. And then, wasn't there, there was one more. Oh, yeah, he starts singing Going Down South right. on the Border. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh, Anthony. Uh, and then next we see them. Uh, it's uh, Junior and Mikey in the locker room. With Mikey, ha- Mikey's towel is on him in the weirdest way you could imagine. It is. And let me not, let me not lie. Mikey is pretty fucking built. He's got kind of like a nice dad bod. He guy. does. He's nice, but yeah. he's so fucking annoying. He is the <laughs> worst. <laughs> Junior snaps at him in the scene, and it's great. Um, but so Mikey thinks that um, Tony is uh, blabbing to the feds and is snitching, and so he's had he's had him tailed, and he's been talking to Junior about it. Um, that he he keeps losing him in the medical park um, like every other week or something. And that's when Tony's going to therapy. So Junior finally says he's going to a a psychiatrist. Um, And Mikey goes, I knew it. And (laughs) And Tony goes, no, you didn't fucking know it. I just fucking told you. (laughs) (laughs) So 
back on the masculinity and feminist analysis of this, uh, I think it's very interesting that mental illness is kind of like um, thrown up against oral sex as like being emasculating things right like the two tony and junior are coming at each other trying to emasculate one another and the two things that they pick to do that with are mental illness and giving oral sex this is a i mean if you didn't already know (laughs) this is a culture this is these are characters so so deeply steeped in uh patriarchy and like toxic masculinity um this behavior is completely unacceptable Mm -hmm. the most toxic of masculinity truly (laughs) having sex with a woman is gay yeah i mean they're fucking idiots yeah yeah so so here's how big of a plot point this is now junior is considering having tony shot having tony clipped and killed because he keeps making pussy eating jokes yeah and so this is not the only person who's going to get kicked out of Junior's life, but also he very, you know, has arranged to meet up with Bobby again back in town, and he shows up late, and Bobby is thrilled to see him, although a little bummed that he didn't call earlier and let him know. So he screams at Bobby and says, you know, you should have kept your mouth shut, uh, says a bunch of mean words to her, threatens her. Almost punches her in the face, but then decides to shove a pie in her face and breaks up with her. And the actress who is doing this, you feel that fucking... She howls, and you fucking feel that, man. Like, it's a real... Like, we've been laughing and joking, but, like, it's real quiet in here right now. Because that moment is is fucking real. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so shouts out to, uh, to that... Uh, actress that and that moment that was uh, Robin I Peterson. Her name now. Robin Peterson. Shout out to Robin. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that's some real shit. And the music that's playing is the same song that was playing earlier when they're dancing. Shout out to John for keeping track of that. Hey, <laughs> doing your yeah. Job. So so Junior <laughs> just throws away sixteen years with this woman, yeah. um, which shows just how disposable the men in this show mm-hmm. find women in general. Um, and that kind of continues into the next plot point. But uh, you know, as so there's, we can kind of move into this. But basically, um, we see Tony and uh, what's his name, Larry Boy Barisi, mm-hmm. in the nursing home, and mm-hmm. this. Tony and them are all enacting the scheme to put their mothers in the nursing home mm-hmm. so that they can use it as hiding grounds while the feds are looking into them, right? Okay. So yet again, oh, that's a good point. Livia, Tony's mother, and all of their mothers are used as tools for them to continue doing the shitty things that they're doing. Um, they don't care that they're putting their mothers in great mm-hmm. danger, especially mm-hmm. Livia, who I think we've all noticed has a little bit more than just a peripheral role in the organization and yeah these these men find women completely uh their own women's sole purpose in these men's lives is to serve them in one way or another Mm -hmm. um to the point where it is emasculating to reciprocate any kind of service (laughs) to them even if it's just Oral sex. Mm-hmm. So who's the guy that was having a hard time getting his mom accepted there? What was his name? That's uh, Jimmy Altieri. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So 
So uh, the uh, the second storyline that we need to discuss is the one that we've been avoiding. Pedo alert. And it is what actually opens the show at the very beginning, <laughs> beginning of the and, show. And also a, a content warning that we've got uh, self-harm uh, in this storyline as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and pedophilia. The episode begins with a soccer game between a high school girls soccer game. And the Falcons. Yeah, and so we've got the uh, we've got uh, Sill and Tony and Artie Bucco all on the sideline cheering for their daughters playing uh, in I guess close to the end of the season uh, important match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as as they're playing, I guess uh, Meadow makes a good save. She's a goalkeeper. She is. You know, the ball gets up to uh, the star player who's sort of, you know, lollygagging around, and then the, the it zooms in on the coach, and he makes some sort of face at her, and she uh, suddenly activates, activates soccer bot, and scores a goal, <laughs> and uh, everybody rejoices. She They won the game, and uh, I missed the important part where Sill runs out and uh, threatens the fucking ref in the middle. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, hey, but shout out to the ref for, like, sticking up for himself. Yeah. He doesn't buckle. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, Sill was stupid. Sill, he's doing a great, he's so good in the scene. Yeah. He's got his, like, wife beater on, yeah. his, his A-shirt. And his suit pants. And suit pants, yeah. His hair's all greased back. He looks great. Yeah. So... They win, they win, hooray! And so they take uh, they take Coach Hauser out to uh, to the Bada Bing, right? Yeah, Artie and Tony and Sill and Coach Hauser. Yep, and uh, you know they they try to buy a stripper for Coach Hauser, but Coach Hauser is not interested in grown women apparently. Oh, oh. well, uh, uh, he politely declines. Different strokes for different folks, I guess. Um, There's a pretty fucked up transition shot between the game and the bada bing where the last shot of that scene of the soccer game is all the teenage girls. And then it immediately shows you the strippers in the bada bing. Oh, interesting. Um, again, this show is not uh, great <laughs> towards women. <laughs> yeah. And I wish I could say it's just the characters, but it is the entire show. Mm. Um yeah, and and Hauser is uncomfortable with the fucking stripper because yes, Ben is correct. He doesn't like adult women. Artie is there for what you know, neutralize Tony's fucking demonic, uh, debaucherous brain. I guess he he stands the coach hard. Like Artie's a big fan of the coach. Artie's a so huge like, fan of the coach. He just wants to hang out with the coach, and I think he likes feeling like he's like one of the guys like. He's, he's, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, the, the guys are going to the strip club after the game, so I'll go to the strip club after right. the game. Leaving right. Charmaine at home to paint or whatever. <laughs> and scrape. She's been scraping! Dude, she's pissed. And so, she is so mad. So, gentlemen, pay attention to what Artie does. Artie stops mm-hmm. drinking and leaves. Correct. Absolutely the correct move. And I bet Artie eats pussy, too. I literally wrote that oh, no. down. I bet Artie <laughs> eats pussy. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, He's a good man. Yes. Artie is, is very good in this episode. Yeah. Oh, we'll get into it. Okay. Meanwhile, Tony's there just being a little fucking... He's like a, a 16-year-old trying to get you to smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. He's such a little asshole. 
He's trying the whole the whole episode in the background. Um, Artie is still he's working at like some shitty restaurant. Um, like a fast food or like fast casual or something restaurant. And the whole time in the background, Tony is trying to get him to take some of the insurance money or something and put it in the street um, and do like a uh, run some numbers or do like a Shylock business. Mm-hmm. Um, and he keeps refusing to do it. So that's all running in the background as well. But anyway. Yeah, because Charmaine will fucking kill him if he does that. Right. Uh, shout out to, to Charmaine. Shout out to Artie. Um, a- anyway, so... Somebody's reading the paper, and it, it turns out that Coach Hauser is on his way. He just got himself a, a sweet new gig at the University of Rhode Island to be the mm-hmm. soccer coach. Uh, and it turns out that he has actually um, gotten a scholarship for his daughter, who's also on the soccer team, to play at the University of Rhode Island. So, you know, everything's coming up Coach Hauser. But Artie and Sill are pissed because... You know, they see him as running out on the team, running out of the girls. Uh, I think Artie's got a, a daughter that's got a couple more years left there, and they're trying, they're angling hard to get her a scholarship so that they don't have to pay for college for her. Uh, so and I don't know what Sill's doing. Sill's just a hothead. But they go down to practice one day, and they confront Coach Hauser, and Coach Hauser says, uh, you know, I'm just doing what's best for me. I, I told the reporter not to run the story until after regionals or sectionals or whatever and you know whatever you know the cat's out of the bag now uh the team is obviously pissed and upset meadow uh you know acts out and he makes her go for some runs or whatever yeah i think is this is this after Allie cuts herself i think it is after we got to get to that part yeah because it's after it's right after the they win the game that that happens yeah that's right. They're out celebrating. They're drinking beer in the woods. Or 40s, I think. Yeah. And classic. Now, here we have some classic age-appropriate teen mischief. Yes, exactly. This is... A- They're in a park during the day. They're drinking 40s and smoking cigarettes. This is That what- is appropriate yes. teen mischief. This is, this is something that I did. This is something that I hope both of yeah. you did. Um, uh, we did it in a parking lot, and everyone called it the Provident. Yeah. Are you going to Provident? Yeah. yeah. Meadow discovers Allie cutting herself. And then after that, we find out that Coach Hauser is moving away. Right. Ah, right. So Mm -hmm. after the, the, yes, after they have discovered and it has now become public knowledge that Allie is Mm self-harming. When in this episode did y'all realize what was going on between Allie and the coach? Well... I didn't realize it until Meadow said it, but my watching partner, life partner, and the girl I care so very much about, who listens to this podcast, and I, I love her. <laughs> this is a reaction of, I believe, in the last episode that was released before we recorded this one. You referred to her as your first ex-wife and the current incumbent. That's right. She. So I see that uh, that may have caused some problems at home. So Mrs. Woody recognized, knew almost immediately what was up when yeah. Coach made the eyes at, at Allie. Yep. That's when good. I realized. Like, I knew exactly, like, first interaction. I was like, oh, there you go. So Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Allie cuts herself. Then the coach we find out is quitting, um, and then uh, after they they confront him, they send a 
they send Polly with two guys and a 50-inch flat screen, which back in the early 2000s was a big... I mean, that's, that's a, a that's, big... Yeah, oh yeah. That's a huge deal. E- honestly, uh, even now, I yeah. would probably <laughs> not I quit mean, my job for a fucking <laughs> TV that's that like big. a $2,000 TV, like, and it's huge. It's a good visual joke. And then Coach Hauser still isn't going to move. So then Christopher does some truly despicable shit. Hold on. Something about that scene... Okay. Like, I immediately freaked out with that scene because with that, the way that scene starts is Coach Hauser's walking out the door with the most adorable fucking dog I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. That dog it's is so dog. cute. And I was like, they're going to kill that fucking dog. Retriever. They're going to kill that fucking dog. <laughs> uh, well, and I, they don't kill the dog. Amazingly. But Christopher uh, fucks around with the dog a little bit. Yeah, he does some truly despicable shit. He kidnaps the dog, we're, we're led to believe, mm-hmm. and then brings it back and is like, your dog, I found your dog. I don't want him to get hit by a car. <laughs> and then he gives him the car back, the the dog back. He was very menacing in that in that scene. He was. So they're, they're fucking with Coach Hauser, trying to get him not to go uh, move away. Um, Which is, a, again, like... This is the second time they have deployed their uh, resources as a as a crew to do some school related shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's true. incredibly yeah. Whatever. It's kind of perplexing that they're they're that invested in this mm-hmm. low level like vindictive shit. But it, it's also kind of I think it's kind of heartwarming how sweet these men are to their daughters. How much they kind of love their daughters. Um, so much to do this. And then we see it later, like still so concerned about his daughter and his daughter's soccer teammates. Um, that's anyway. true. He's so great. Anyway, we'll get, we'll get into that, but, um, Meadow and Allie are having a sleepover and well, they're spending a lot of time together in general. Mm-hmm. There's some throughout the episode until you, until Meadow lets it out of the bag, what's going on. You can see that there's some tension um meadows pissed off she doesn't want to play soccer anymore she's quitting she doesn't like the coach she mouths mm-hmm. off to the coach um mm-hmm. and then finally uh at breakfast after uh the dinner where meadow storms off uh, tony continues to talk about soccer he just won't shut mm-hmm. the fuck up about it and she finally goes upstairs she's pissed off tony comes up he's like you should be grateful because i'm trying to help you and meadow's like you fucking stupid fucking idiot this coach is a pedophile and he's fucking my friend and and let me just take a moment to comment on how refreshing it is to see how quickly this man accepts the fact that well well he says are you sure don't talk like that and then within the same scene he's like okay fuck this guy fuck this shit ben i'm gonna push back on that (laughs) because he also goes well Allie's a very pretty girl and she you know maybe maybe, there's a misunderstanding maybe there's a misunderstanding Mm -hmm. and then carmella says shut the fuck no you stupid think about if it was meadow what kind of misunderstanding could there be right and that's when he's like, oh, this is too fucked up for my stupid brain to even comprehend. Right. right. So that's that's kind of what I'm getting at, is that he's not like, he's not like, no, that's ridiculous. No, that's ridiculous. And storms off. I'm not, I don't believe that. I don't believe it. You know, it, I, like that he's just like, okay, I understand what you're telling me. And I'm 
I am now going to respond to it. He had to get a little, yes, some controlling, some, you know, he had to have Carmella beat him over the head with it. I'm just maybe once after the the initial shock wore off. Yes, you're saying that, that he was okay. It did. It, it wasn't part of the show that he had to like come to grips with these allegations. That's true. It's it's right. something like by the time this conversation was over, he was he believed Meadow and he believed Allie. And all I'm yeah, saying yeah. is that's absolute refreshing. bare minimum. <laughs> yes. Well, he wants to. We'll get to it, but he wants to do more than just the bare minimum. But mm-hmm. I'm saying it's the absolute bare minimum that by the end of oh, the conversation, sure. he believes the people who are telling right. him this. Right. right. You know, to stand up for Tony a little bit here, it's not like it's a long conversation either. It's like a this happened. Shut up and believe you, me. Okay. Ben, mm-hmm. you don't need to stand up for Tony. Tony's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Tony is an idiot. Okay. He's an idiot, and it's you know he. The reality is that he could have responded better. Mm-hmm. It's great that they the show didn't turn it into something where it's like, do we believe her or not? Mm-hmm. But like, ultimately, it's still not that great. Like, he still did pretty much try to like defend it yeah. for a little bit. So I'm not gonna give him that much credit. Well, I mean, it would just be to make it. Uh, never mind. I think there's We're, merit it's to what strictly anti pedo. <laughs> There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Shout out to uh, to Meadow for being honest and upfront and and putting this on adults' radar. So, eventually, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, but now it becomes clear. Oh, Coach Hauser's leaving because this probably was going to come out after this girl very publicly hurt herself. Um, in what Dr. Melfi correctly identifies as a call for help. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Tony has a a battle to wage a moral struggle to decide uh he he of course wants to kill coach hauser and worse his initial reaction when he's talking to sill is uh don't even have this contracted out to somebody else this is personal like me or you are gonna do this um and Syl is like i'm very happy to hear you say that but then charmaine uh is having a talk with Artie because Artie Artie also wanted tony to kill this guy but charmaine talks him out of it and says it's selfish to do that and so Artie goes to go have that talk with Tony uh, in what is a very heartwarming scene to watch Artie sort of struggle with this himself, but come out on the right end of, you know, you, we can't just kill somebody. And, and well, it, he doesn't just go anywhere. Artie goes to the Bada Bing, right? right? Where Tony is clearly in the middle of his fucking organized crime business, counting fucking money mm. with Christopher. So Artie, Artie goes into the belly of the beast on Tony's turf, and mm-hmm. Tony is like, do not come in here with that shit. Do not tell me how to do this shit. Right. And also, Dr. Melfi presents this to him and says, first of all, don't tell me that you're about to kill somebody, because right. I have to say something. But also, you know... Why do, she kind of addresses Tony's God complex? Why do you have to be the one to meet out justice? Mm-hmm. Um, so, boom! Yet again, Charmaine and Melfi, the two two women, are the ones who essentially have to convince these fired up, angry men who don't see anything besides um, revenge right. to not commit murder. <laughs> <laughs> Because don't get it twisted, we are anti-pedophile, but we are not uh, pro-death penalty 
Uh, certainly not for pedophiles and certainly... Uh, uh, Wait, what am I saying? Well, no, I think yeah. you do make a good point. The the one person that they're letting get away so far this season is the pedophile, well, which questionable. But, but also, he doesn't get away. They get, they well, that's true. Artie makes a good point, which is basically that this doing this would be more for the dads than anyone else. But also, right. that kind of reaction could worsen the trauma that Allie is already going through and that Meadow and the other teammates are already experiencing. Right. So, right, you know, what would probably happen is beloved coach, you know, of championship soccer team killed, you know, in under suspicious circumstances. And then they'd have to be like, well, whoa, 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 whoa. He was not a fucking championship guy. But then people would be like, well, why are you speaking ill about the dead? And then they'd be like, well, I mean, I'm just trying to correct the record here that we don't want to hear it. Yeah. Right. And it's also, it's like, it's his daughter's on the team. So it's also like their friend, their daughter's friends are going to be like, have their lives ruined because of, if you do this your way, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of hard to see that a little bit because getting arrested for being a pedophile is it, you know, is pretty much a life ender as well. I feel like, but mm-hmm. in a different way. Yeah, uh, I guess she could still go see her dad in prison, but ugh, I don't know. I, I struggled when trying to think out that yeah. line of logic that the show presents. Yeah. Um, that it does make sense on its surface, but I, I don't think it's much more than surface deep. But I don't know. We're, we're struggling with whether, whether pedophiles should get the death penalty, I think. I'm uh, very much don't kill the pedophile, but instead make them go to prison uh, and I'm not saying that to be like, oh, get raped in prison, huh? because still that's rape and that's awful and bad and that shouldn't happen to anybody. But what I am saying is, you know, and I also don't really necessarily believe in prison either. I do believe in people getting their just desserts. And I do believe in people living with the shame of being branded as a pedophile if that's something that they did in fact do. Anyway. No, I would agree, and it's, and it's hard to 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 deal with this in in the system that we are stuck in now, where like the alternative that is the alternative, like Tony can kill this guy or he can turn him into a prison system that um, has its own problems and concerns and is more and is not focused on on being restorative, um, and, uh, and that- is is certainly non-revolutionary uh, in its. Uh, and it's in being in part of the carceral state. Right. And that's something that I, I, I was planning on talking about with this episode as well is, is if you have any sort of involvement with, with the court system at all, if you're familiar with the criminal justice system in America, you understand that there seems to be a program for literally everything. And you will find that as a, that, in the federal system and also in almost every single state, there is a there is a uh, civil commitment process in which you, if you are a uh, considered a sexually violent predator or something similar to that, you end up uh, being the the subject of a significant amount of state resources attempting to rehabilitate you and uh, and attempting to bring you back into society, dispel you of whatever sort of um, 
whatever sort of issues that are causing your violent tendencies to prey against uh, against vulnerable victims. And, and just thinking about the amount, like, that this is the crime in which there are going to be industries, massive industries, providing resources to offenders to rehabilitate them. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they exist, but, you know, in comparison to, you know, the the people who are destitute, who, you know, are stealing food from Walmart to try to get by, why there's nothing of equal vigor, you know, of, of people who can't make ends meet and, and pay their you know, pay their bills to pay their rent and they're getting evicted, you know, and who are selling drugs on the side. Why there's nothing, no serious function of the state that is designed to rehabilitate individuals who are suffering from poverty, but instead they choose to focus this, these limited state resources into rehabilitating sexual predators. The, the, what you're talking about in the first instance those are not people who need to be rehabilitated. Those are people who are on the wrong end of the system that was built to operate the way that it's operating. It's not the same as doing what, like a violent crime, like sexual assault or murder. It's you are the, you know, enduring circumstances that were thrust upon you by the way, you know, by the virtue of the way that this country runs um there is no rehabilitation and the the system will perpetuate through those people not having the opportunity to move out of their their socioeconomic positions yeah so it's it's something that we struggle with i think we have to differentiate then between like what we want in sort of a justice system and what we're sort of stuck with and the ways that we can improve that system um as it exists and certainly try to prevent um, uh, the its worst abuses and those kinds of things. Yeah, I, I mean, my point is like we need to we need to care as much as or more for you know the powerless, the disenfranchised, and and those who you know who are suffering under a, a total deprivation of capital in the same way as, as states and the federal government seeks to rehabilitate sexual offenders and the 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 fact that we choose to spend so much more on on rehabilitating sexual predators than in order to help people uh get, get out, out of poverty yeah it's just right. yeah. fucking disgusting yeah absolutely absolutely so <laughs> so this Woo! is this is the <laughs> This is the pull and, and push and pull and struggle that Tony is also dealing with in this episode. Um, and, and it is a, a real moral dilemma for sure. Um, but in the end, uh, and there's some really cool moments. There's some cool use of music. And like there's a scene where it's just Tony in the back of the Bada Bing. And it's cut between oh, yeah. him and the phone. And nothing is happening. He's just looking at a phone. And the music that they pick, it's, it's something that's also by Alabama 3, the band that does the theme song. It's another piece of theirs, um, but it makes that very tense um, where really nothing is happening. But Tony is just thinking about mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. whether or not he's going to, to call the police. And I guess we don't know who does call the police because all we see is the news report that says that it was it was a, one of the soccer teammates 
whose name couldn't be released. I wonder if it was Meadow. I do think it was Meadow. Do you think that Tony would let his own daughter get that close to police and uh, he let pr- the police I mean, into their lives, kind of? Or did they get Artie's daughter maybe to do it? Or Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I think, and we don't know. Yeah, so. I, I, knowing what I know about Meadow is she's not afraid to speak truth to power. <laughs> That's very true. Cause she, well, because she's a brat. Yes. Excuse me. <laughs> so no. if that's truth to power, no. I'm sure. But yeah. Meadow is not a brat. Meadow is a freedom fighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Hyperbole is alive and well on the podcast. I'm just saying I think that Meadow... Well, we'll get to it. But I think Meadow did real good in this episode. She, she had a lot to grapple with, and she handled it really mm-hmm. fucking well. So, yeah, at the end of the day, Tony calls um, Syl and tells him not to do it. Syl is mad. I think Syl, Syl really wanted to kill this Syl, motherfucker. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and, he, and he was waiting outside that coach's house ready to do it. And then we cut to, we see from Meadow's view up top of the stairs, Tony come home drunk as a skunk. Oh, my God. Um, and he's singing a song, and he, like, half passes out in the, in the living room. Um, and there's some cool cinematography here. We're, we're following it from Meadow's point of view up above, and it switches from one part of the living room to the other, and it sort of flies through. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you hear Tony say, I didn't hurt nobody, Carl. Yeah. I didn't hurt nobody. He's proud of himself. Uh, he's very proud of himself that he made the right decision, uh, as the show sees it, to, uh, to not kill the pedophile and to call the cops. And we see that, obviously, Coach Hauser get arrested, so... And Carm, at that moment, realizes, no, this is not going to be the one time this year. Because <laughs> he's too drunk. Mm-hmm. But also, Carmela notices Meadow and looks up at her and sees that she's seen and heard the whole conversation. And so right. I think that's going to, if I had to guess, it's going to be important later. Why do you think we see that from Meadow's point of view, Rachel? Do you have any, not to put you on the spot? Well, no, I, during, when I was watching, I definitely had a thought and I should have written it down, but I didn't. Um, I really, I will say that I like the parts of the show that show AJ and Meadow kind of coming to understand who their father is and how that is affecting their lives um i think this is a moment where meadow kind of pities her father because she realizes like meadow is the one that has been if if, in the soprano family right now meadow is the one that has been through a trauma she has had to witness her best friend or one of her very close friends self-harming she has had to find out about and keep a secret the fact that her friend has been uh, molested and um, now we see like Tony can't even fucking handle himself mm-hmm. um, Meadow I don't know it's it's just it adds to the complexity of Meadow as a character I think I agree yeah definitely so that's our, our rundown of the episode um, okay <laughs> so let's do our uh, our bits who's the horniest uh, who was the horniest wow. this episode? Oh, I think. <laughs> Good transition. Uh, Bobby. I I would agree. I think Bobby is the horniest. Bobby, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think we need a poll for this one, folks. Yeah. It's Bobby. She want to get that pussy ate. Who could blame her? Yep. C and Junior eat that red pepper. Who could oh, even blame oh, her? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Bobby's clearly the horniest. So who do we stand, Ben? Who do we stand? Uh, in this episode, I'm standing Artie. He, um, he is, he's very good. He's a good husband. He's you know, paying attention to what Charmaine is telling him. Um, and he, he, his act of bravery, I think, in going to Tony and saying, you need to call this off. I, I think that if Artie doesn't do that, then Tony goes through with it, regardless of what Melfi says. I think, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. shout out to Artie. He need, shout out to Artie. He, he needed to, Tony needed to hear that from somebody, mm-hmm. um, somebody other than Melfi. For um, sure. And we didn't talk about like when he's back there talking to Tony about it. Tony is like literally pushing him out the door mm-hmm. and he keeps turning yeah. around and looking him in the eye and saying, don't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful for a little Artie. Rachel, who do um, you stay in this episode? You know, I stand my girl Meadow. <laughs> okay. I stand by what I said. Meadow had to deal with a lot of shit this episode, and I think she handled it the best way she possibly could. She was in an incredibly difficult position because how do you support a friend who you're a teenager you don't know how you barely understand how fucking how anything works um and now you are dealing with a friend who is going through an immense trauma um and you want to be supportive but you don't know how to be supportive and also make sure that you protect your friend's privacy i mean she go meadow good good job meadow you're incredible you're beautiful you're good at soccer mm-hmm. congratulations i will say meadow doesn't look like any goalie i've ever seen she doesn't really have the goalie body type like i feel like she's not doing a goalie workout yeah that could be because she is an actress <laughs> but why not make her a striker or something or some other right i don't know anyway because goalie's cool dude goalies are fucking cool okay well meadow's the cool one okay she's in the choir what do, why are you so anti meadow <laughs> i'm not anti meadow this we're supposed to be anti pedo not anti meadow okay. <laughs> jesus they sound similar yes no meadow was good in this episode she was uh she was a little bratty but she was bratty God, for y'all justice. always pick on my stand of the week that's not <laughs> it's true but go ahead john who do you stand uh jesus. for for the very first time in this podcast I'm going to give a qualified stand to Mr. Tony Soprano. Wow, big disagree. Qualified, qualified stand. I think Tony does about the best that Tony can do in this episode. Which is very, very low standard. Right. But as he says, he didn't hurt nobody. Oh my so God. because he didn't hurt nobody. I guess technically, yes. They're, they're, this episode is about Tony's personal growth. Right. And so I uh, give Tony and also we didn't talk about this. He does apologize to Dr. Melfi for calling her a whore. Mm-hmm. He kind of apologizes. I think it's a What does a, he say? I may have implied I may that, it may have been a bit overboard or something yeah. like that. He But he brings it up of his own initiative, which as I don't know. 
It's like I said, it's it's not great, but it is a qualified stand. Tony does the uh, right for Tony. He does the right thing at every point in this episode, except maybe make fun <laughs> of Junior. But he makes like but every <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> but every decision, every decision that he makes, ultimately turns out to be you know the right decision. So I agree with right. you. Right. And well, and, 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 and I will disagree, that, Tony. You should eat more pussy. But yeah, well, I mean, it also wasn't their anniversary, so. Uh, we'll get to that. But no, Rachel, I no. think your stand is right. My stand is, is wrong, and John's is wrong. <laughs> yeah, like I know I'm not winning the poll this week. <laughs> so, all right, now the dialectic. Let's do that. Let's do it. The dialectic. John, will you go first? Do you never go first on this one? I never go first because I'm always trying to think while you guys are. Oh, do you want us to go? Doing yours. Um, no, I can think on my feet. Um, Something that I uh, liked during this episode, I liked. We talked about it a little bit. I liked Sill's performance. I liked seeing, so good. Um, Sill and how much he he loves his daughter, um, and and gets so animated for for his daughter and be so such a supportive dad. I thought was very sweet. Um, something that I did not like during this episode. Uh, I, I did. <laughs> there's a lot to say <laughs> that I did not like. Um, I didn't. Uh, I'm gonna leave some things for you all to discuss, so I won't take everything. Um, but I'll make it real simple. I did not like the uh, homophobia yeah. that accompanies this, the misogyny. But I'll, I'll single out the homophobia of wanting to eat pussy, making you gay. Um, again, unnecessary drops of the f bomb mm-hmm. um, by Bobby. Shame on you. Um, I know you're horny, but. Chill. Horniness is not an excuse. Never an excuse. Um, so that's, uh, I, I did not like that. Um, something that I love during this episode, uh, I love the Artie Bucco storyline, and I love how he stands up for himself on his own two feet uh, and, you know, nose to nose with Tony Soprano and tries to be the, the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Wow, sounds like you love my stan. Okay, all right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Ben, what is your dialectic? Sure. So I I like Junior Soprano's decision to break up with Bobby. I like that decision because <laughs> Hold on. I, I like that decision because Junior and Bobby had been dating or seeing each other or something for sixteen years. And for 16 years, he's been eating that pussy good. And for 16 years, he has probably, I would suspect, told her, look, respect the respect our intimacy. Don't talk about what we're doing. Respect the intimacy of the two of us here. That's what I think. That's the only thing that makes any sense to me. What are you talking about? Okay. Because <laughs> Rachel and I are both sitting here holding our breath trying to be like, where is he going with this? Because I think I think that Junior's decision to break up with Bobby, based on her violation of the trust that, that he had of her. Shut up. No, you're a hundred percent incorrect. No, no, hear me out. I think I think his reasoning for why he wanted uh, her to keep it quiet was fucking wrong, and I think that the that the way that he broke up with her was obviously fucking wrong. But I think if you're going to have a partner, if you're going to be in a relationship, 
and and you're going to do something private that you want to stay private i think that by talking about it with with other people and abusing that trust is fucked up and so shout out to junior i like that he said fuck this we're done because but no because he <laughs> yes i he do mate <laughs> He made it very clear to her when they were in Boca that he didn't want this getting out. So she went back home and she said, hey, I don't want to talk about this with you anymore. Yes. To her friend that she was talking about it with. Also, the normal fucking thing for Junior to have done is to go to her and be like, hey, remember that thing I fucking asked you not to talk about? Well, apparently it has been spoken of and I'm kind of upset about it. And then they could have a fucking normal conversation. Right. I agree. I agree there. But here's the thing. And you also can't divorce the way he did it from him doing it. That was a part of I, the, I, him I bringing can it and him. I did. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's a, They take pain to show that it was a 16-year thing that they were doing. They were going down for 16 years to Boca. And so... I'm pretty sure it wasn't after year 16 when he was like, oh, actually, now I don't want you talking about me. But then how? Okay, but also this is the first time it's come up. That's true. And and that, I think, is probably a problem with the show writing more than it is anything. But I think that (laughs) if I'm if I'm junior, look, I've thought about this for three or four days now. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. And, And so, like, if I'm junior. You know, the fact that I've been eating this pussy for 16 years, likely telling her also, keep this between us. The fact that she's been telling other people and the fact that it's gotten out, I'm sorry. If something is important to you and you and you tell that to your partner and they abuse your trust, I don't blame you. There, There's a kernel of a point in there and I'm just going to... All the blood is rushing to my ears, so why don't you just tell us something that you did? Yeah. I did not like the way that Junior broke up with that lady. I did not like Okay, there we go. Oh I did not like that. He was wrong. Junior was fucked up in doing it. Junior was fucked up in having those... You're, I'm not going to steal that, that the rest of that bit, but every everything else about that relationship I did not like. Um it and I didn't like that whole that whole story arc because it seemed fucking contrived and it just showed up out of nowhere and it was stupid as fuck. Uh, but one thing that I loved is that this so-called prestige TV storyline <laughs> revolves around eating pussy, like fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, that is pretty good. So uh, shout out to Mrs. Woody for having to uh, hear me talk about Junior Soprano eating pussy all week. Also love that. <laughs> All right, Rachel. Um, hold on, let me compose myself. Um, I'm mad at you, Ben. But anyway, <laughs> no. I knew it. I knew it. I think I think you are misguided, but I am gonna. You know, we're all working to understand one another, so I will try to understand this. Uh, okay. Uh, something that I liked was there was a little, a little, uh, thing that I had not noticed, a little detail in the set design that I had not noticed before, which is that on the Bada Bing sign, there are two nipples on mm-hmm. each of the bees <laughs> in Bada Bing. Yeah. <laughs> which is very funny to me because it doesn't look, 
it doesn't really look like boobs. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like bad boobs. Yeah. There's no such thing as bad boobs. Go you ahead. know what? You're absolutely right, John. Thank you. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm the wokest. <laughs> Bow down before me. No, I think the bada bing boobs are bad. Or the boobs on the sign. Yeah, that's true. Those those are bad boobs. Um, something that I did not like was the general way that this show treats women. And especially, I talked about this in another episode that had some Charmaine time in it, but particularly Charmaine. Mm-hmm. Charmaine is constantly portrayed as a nagging bitch of a wife and she uh is always right (laughs) she's right every fucking time she talks um and she gets the the way that the show chooses to portray her makes her seem annoying shrill uh shrill yeah absolutely it's a fucking judd apatow move um and i think that that's just a that's that's just the best uh example of how the show treats women but it does that for every other female character as i've pointed out every woman in this show is a tool to be used for the men's uh purpose or you know whatever they're trying to do and i fucking hate that also there's a really bad adr moment where charmaine is talking to Artie in the yard Mm -hmm. and usually with adr they do it where you can't see it's like so that the shot is from behind the person speaking's head, so you can't see their mouth moving. But this one, you can see Charmaine's yeah. mouth moving, and the ADR does not match it, and it's very bad. Um, it is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't match the, the tone behind her, because it's an outdoor, it's recorded outdoor, and so when she's recording it in the studio, you can tell the difference. Yeah. It's, it's, can, it's poorly done. Can you explain to the dumbasses listening to this, like myself, what ADR is? Uh, Yeah, ADR is basically dubbing, and I'm going to look up what it means right now, uh, what it stands for, but it's automated dialogue replacement. So basically in a show or a movie, when either the writers might change what the script says after they've already shot the scene or whatever, um, the actor will go into the studio, record dialogue over the original audio, and they will put that audio recorded in the studio gotcha. in the scene so like mm-hmm. when you take a rated r movie and put it on a made for tv you, you take exactly kind of the same idea yeah right? yeah uh there's uh for all you entourage heads there's a famous scene in entourage where he records over and over again the line i am queen's boulevard oh yeah <laughs> over and over and over again that's an adr scene <laughs> shout out to hbo we love hbo yeah. we absolutely love it um my favorite thing in this episode was Silvio's outfits. Um, <laughs> God, they're so good. From the soccer game, tank uh-huh, top, uh-huh. And, and pants outfit to the golf outfit with bonkers hat yes. that apparently is Steven Van Zandt's own hat, yes. um, <laughs> which I fucking love. Yeah. Um, so that's my favorite. I fucking love him. I love that actor. I think he does a great job. And the this show has great costume design anyway. Mm-hmm. Like Carmela's outfits were also very good, but uh, Sylvia just shown in this episode. Yeah, Carmela has a in one scene she has a great like teal. Oh my god! In the scene pure. that Meadow tells them that that Allie is yes. having sex with yeah. the coach. Mm-hmm. She's wearing an insane fucking yeah. teal windbreaker. It's so soccer mommy, 
Like, I'm pretty sure my mom had the same fucking oh, no. uh, windsuit. Was that what you call that? I don't know. I don't know. So, what, we did everything, right? Yeah. I think so. Did we do a podcast? We did a podcast. Hey, we did a podcast. Is there any point in time where Dr. Melfi is going to turn out to be a character again, or is she always going to be just a conscience of Tony Soprano? I guess you'll have to keep watching and find out. Oh, damn it. Oh, <laughs> and what about Charmaine? Like, is, is she ever going to not be a conscience? Yeah. Will this show portray women uh, characters as actual people, or will they continue to be devices for the plot and male characters' development? Will an episode ever pass the Bechdel test? <laughs> no. No, it's all signs point to no. Oh, my God. But we are very happy to have had you along with us on this journey through eating pussy and pedophilia. Where are we in this ep- in the season? Are we halfway through? No, dude, we are almost done with the first season. I think there's only tw- yeah, there are 13 episodes in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are um, over halfway. Uh, so the next episode is episode 10, which is called "A Hit Is a Hit," um, and we'll be talking about that next time. What does that um, mean? I guess we're going to find out on the next episode Jesus. of Gabagool and Rose. You've already seen it, you fucking traitor. I thought we were going to do two. You watched ahead one episode. Yep. Um, uh, and I can't remember until I watch the episode, so we will see. You can follow us on Twitter at PodSopranos, P-O-D-S-O-P-R-A-N-O-S. We will put, be putting up a poll um, where you can vote on uh, which one of us had the correct stand of the week. But I think we all know who it is. But still give us a follow. Tell your friends about us. Um, subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And coming soon, you can subscribe to our Patreon. And we'll have some fun bonus content for you once we figure out what it will be. All right. And we'll, we will soon be having guests. We're working on the mechanics of how to do that. Um, and we're going to bring some other folks in here to talk Sopranos at you. So um, keep listening and uh, hanging out with us. Until next time, take your medicine, go to therapy, and organize for the revolution. Love you. Love you. Love you.
Bussy E. 